What's up, everyone? Aaron Nagler here. Another edition of Nagler's Never Right. Week 10 in the NFL. Packers coming off a devastatingly horrific, choose whichever word you want to describe the morass that we saw Sunday afternoon against the Colts in Lambeau. An absolute embarrassment of a game for the green and gold and pretty much for everyone in the organization. Obviously, a lot's been made about the energy level or lack thereof uh, Sunday afternoon. I know the body language police are in full effect, including uh, people on the team. Mike McCarthy mentioning the body language, poor body language on the sideline. Aaron Rodgers mentioning it, etc. And then Mike McCarthy kind of reversed course on Monday when we talked to him uh, in his you know his weekly press conference, saying that he didn't find what he saw on film unacceptable from an energy standpoint, uh, but that the team wasn't detailed and didn't finish enough. Uh, I tend to think Mike is kind of uh, you know playing around a little bit there because I think he knows what everyone is talking about is not about the effort on the field. It's about kind of, you know, the attitude on the sideline and things, uh, the energy between teammates. And it's, you know, it's very, very kind of undefinable, so to speak. So I think, you know, as a guy who is, you know, charged with watching the tape and figuring out what went wrong, etc., that's the way he's going to lean. But you don't have to go any further than everything we saw post-game, whether it was Aaron Rodgers admonishing his teammates for a lack of mental toughness whether it was Mike Daniels exploding uh, just outside the locker room in the shower area for everyone to hear. You know, I don't think you guys like Brian Bulaga, et cetera, talking about a lack of energy and a lack of quote-unquote juice uh, on the sideline on Sunday. I don't think you have to go very far to understand what everyone's talking about. Now, again, quantifying it, pinpointing it, et cetera, it's near impossible. You know, it's a confluence of events that, I think, you know, there's a million other kind of inputs, so to speak, that it's just impossible to piece together in a factual way and point to, you know, this is the reason they came out flat. Uh, I was talking to my colleague Ryan Wood on Monday, and I think he put it, you know, pretty perfect, perfectly when he said, never in in the history of his watching a a game of football, college or pros, has he seen another team overlook their opponent as badly and as blatantly as the Packers did on Sunday. And I think it may just be that easy. It may have just been a case of, you know, Mike McCarthy said they had a great week of practice, their best week, uh, supposedly the entire season. That didn't translate whatsoever on Sunday afternoon uh, when they laid a giant egg in front of the gold package crowd. And I know I just, I love to throw that out there because it's like red meat for the fan base. Uh, my friend Corey Banke, my old, my old partner there at Cheesehead TV, I know he's a big proponent of the, the gold package fans being a detriment in Lambeau. And, uh, you know, okay, I'm not going to say, again, I'm not going to say that that's, you know, spot on or anything, but I will say th- there is a noticeable lack of energy when the Milwaukee crowd is in the bowl. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but, yeah, when you put that together with a team that clearly – clearly was overlooking its opponent, thinking, much like we all thought, I think, you know, leading up to the game, we all picked here at PackersNews.com in our weekly picks video, we all picked the Packers to win. We all thought the Packers would, you know, win walking away. But then the old adage in the NFL rears its ugly head any given Sunday, and that given Sunday was last Sunday. 
Now, obviously, the Packers have to look forward, and which is what they'll be doing. Uh, and that's what we're doing at PackersNews.com. Make sure you check out Bob McGinn's scouting report for the Tennessee Titans, the Packers' upcoming opponent. Uh, another AFC South foe that one would think the Packers should be able to go down there and handle their business. But coming off of last week's embarrassment against the Colts, all bets are off. At this point, you know, the, every all the kind of, you know, breaks in the dam, so to speak, and McCarthy's got to, you know, plug a lot of holes. Whether it's the running game, which is non-existent, uh, whether it's his use of personnel, which has been mystifying, whether it's a defense that can't get to the quarterback, whether it's playing coverage or blitzing, uh, there's a lot of things for this team to figure out. And there's a lot of things to figure out about this team. And I thought this week I'd kind of step outside the matchup with the, the Titans um, and kind of, I didn't want to rehash the Colts, but I did want to talk to somebody who I, I've known for a while now, Michael Lombardi, who works for Fox Sports. Um, Michael and I go way back, um, 2007, I think I met him. And we've always had a really good kind of conversation about the Packers, uh, whether it was, you know, at the Combine or on my old website, etc. He's always had a really good perspective. Obviously, he worked as a personnel guy in the league for a long time, and now he works for Fox. And he had put out a couple of things there, both uh, on some of their programming at Fox Sports 1 and on Twitter, the old tweet deck popping up his name about the Green Bay Packers, saying that, you know, way too much is being made of the quote-unquote struggles of Aaron Rodgers, and not enough is being made about the talent deficit around Rodgers. And I found that to be pretty interesting, especially for a team, around a team, that coming into the season, if you looked around, not just the media, but if you asked around, you know, pro personnel people, guys who do this for a living, a lot of people... We're talking about how talented the Packers were, how their final 53 was a very talented, deep roster, albeit inexperienced and young, as it always is in Green Bay. Uh, but they were, you know, maybe not being touted as the most talented, but one of the most talented teams in the league. One of, let's say, the top five to eight teams, personnel-wise. And yet, as Michael points out, they have they have struggled with some of the talent. They have struggled filling some holes. And I wanted to talk to him about why that is, uh, what can be done going forward, and kind of you know, what he sees this team doing for the remainder of the year. So let's not waste any more time. We're going to get Michael Lombardi here at Nagler's Never Right. All right, everybody, let's welcome in to Nagler's Never Right, a man who needs no introduction, but I will give him one anyway. It's Michael Lombardi with Fox Sports, and now every Tuesday you can catch him on the Make Me Smarter podcast. Uh, it's Michael Lombardi. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time. It's always good to talk to you, Aaron. Um, Love the Packer Nation. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, so, they're so good. You And you've kind of stirred them up uh, this week and the last couple weeks. I, I know you had spoken on this before on a, various programs there over at Fox Sports 1. Uh, you've taken to Twitter to express a, a few things as well. And I just wanted to get you on because 
like you said, we, we've we've gone back quite a ways, and we've always you know had good conversations around the Packers. And I wanted to get you know a, a little bit more than just 140 characters that we see on Twitter. Your take here on Aaron Rodgers, the Packers offense. I know you've put out there that there, you think there's way too much blame pointing in Aaron Rodgers' direction. Yeah, it, it, and certainly, and that's the fans' natural reaction. The quarterback doesn't play well. Let's blame the quarterback. Even if he's a great quarterback, we can blame him. And I think what you have to do is, you know, when you're in football, you're in the veterinarian business, the patient never speaks to you. <laughs> so you must establish, you have to do an, a, a, really a, a, an autopsy of three areas, players, coaches, and schemes. And the really good teams in the NFL focus mostly on improving their talent base. The teams that can't get it right, they focus on, well, the coaches blame the players, the executives blame the coaches, the owners blame all three, and it's that, it's that lemon that just keeps going from one spot to the other and you can't figure out really what's wrong. And I think when you look at the Packers, and you can argue that their scheme is fairly simplistic and they run the same things week in, week out. I don't disagree with that. But I think what, what it, what's symbolic more to me when I watch them play is their lack of skill at the receiver position. That they once were so dominant that they don't have that dominance. And then I think you've got to go backwards. And although I have great respect for Ted, I think Elliot Wolf's one of the great evaluators. They've had a great personnel department. I don't think they diversify what they do enough to give themselves the best chance to put the best team on the field. Right. And and in that regard, you're talking about player procurement, like, you know, working more than just the draft. Yeah, I think that look, they do a, you know, they they do every, they put all their all their money in it's like just putting all your money in drug stocks or putting all your money in the housing market or you know, it's like mm-hmm. sometimes right. you have to diversify your portfolio and I think that we're green and now look, well they signed Jared Cook or they signed Julius Peppers. No, the only reason they signed them is because they don't count towards the compensatory. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Had they been had they been UFAs, they would have never been in a Packer uniform. Yep, absolutely. So I, I think that's my point here, and I think they have enough skill and enough evaluators that I think that Rodgers takes a lot of the blame. I think McCarthy takes a lot of the blame as well. He's a good soldier. I mean, he's playing a lot of young players out there. Most coaches in the NFL that had to play some of the guys he's playing would be complaining like crazy. But he's a good soldier, and he plays those guys, and, he, and you know, he never makes an excuse for it, and I, and I admire him for that. Yeah, it's funny. Not, I don't think he gets near enough credit for that type of thing. Uh, it's funny you say that because – this past summer, our Bob McGinn reported that there was some kind of simmering tension there, maybe not directly between McCarthy and Thompson, but you know it was reported that McCarthy is frustrated with this very fact that he is continually handed one of the youngest rosters in the league and expected to coach them up regardless. And I think this season, you know, I mean, you don't, I don't think you have to look any further than the running back position. I mean, what other right. team takes a wide receiver and sticks him at running back uh, just kind of out of sheer desperation? I mean, what other team goes into a game with a running back who's a college free agent from Nevada, Reno, who's got a cast on his hand? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't understand it. You know, I don't I either. I get yes. that. That's what drives me insane. And I know Ted, you know, Ted's on the road every week. He's out there looking at players. Granted, but and Elliot's, they're as good in pro personnel as anybody in the league. And I think what really I don't get is – I love John Dorsey in Kansas City. They there's nothing that they won't do personnel wise. Right, okay, right. They're going to do free agency. They're going to do it all. John Schneider, another guy I respect tremendously. They there's not one area of procurement they're not digging into. Right. 
and even Reggie McKenzie, who I think's done a really good job. Thankfully, the patience of Mark of Mark Davis, no doubt, that they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so, I think when you look at it that way, you're saying, why is Green Bay the anomaly? This is not what Ron Wolf has done. Ron Wolf trades. You know, Amon Green's not on the team if he doesn't trade. Basically, he traded a guy who was going to be a free agent for a guy who was going to be a free agent, yep. right? Yep. So, you know, Ron traded a lot. Ron was active in free agency, Reggie White, whatever. And I'm not even trying to be in the top line of free agents. I'm just saying, give yourself a better chance. And when you're playing with, with Don Jackson as your only running back, and he's got a cast on his on his hand, are you really giving yourself the best chance? Are you being fair to the coach? I, I'm not sure the answer to that is yes. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree there. Um but getting back to Rodgers for a second. Now, and I, while I agree with a lot of what you're saying, a lot of what you've put out there, I don't think it can be dismissed that, you know, I, I know a lot gets made about the talent level at wide receiver, and for, for good reason. And I think that's indicative of why they had to keep seven. I mean, I don't know any other teams in the history of the league, at least in the modern day, that have kept seven wide receivers on their final 53. Um, and I know they would say, it's the you know that's those are the you know, seven of the best fifty three players we had in camp. That's all well and good, but I, th- I think it speaks to the fact of what you're saying. You don't have an elite level wide receiver, and that is why right. you have to kind of keep so many of them yeah. for an offense that uses four or five wide receivers at a time. Well, it's the John Madden theory, Aaron. When you have a lot of right. something, <laughs> right? Have exactly, exactly. And so that to me is when you keep seven. And look, all the West Coast coaches they want to keep seven receivers. They want to keep seven receivers three tight ends, you know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I mean, look, that's just part of who they are, and, and special teams takes a beating for it because they're willing, you know, whereas in New England, Belichick's keeping three special teams exclusive players only. Yeah, yeah, um, and but we've seen that, that we've seen that right. rear its head. Your, your point's well taken. I mean, they have a lot of receivers, but do they really have one? You know, look, and I think Randall Cobb, I, this is where I think people make a mistake, and I'm going to answer your Aaron Rodgers question. Certainly, I think people see the names on the back of the jerseys and they assume that the talent level's the same. It's not. Randall Cobb's not the same player he once was. His role, his 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 level of separation, his inability to really win man-to-man coverage. People can argue with me all they want. Watch the tape. Hmm. Jordy's not back to where he was, you know. And, and so, and then you know, Devontae Adams becomes your better receiver, and is he really good? And I think the most telling tale. For me, and why I started tweeting as much as I did, was when you lose at home to the Colts, and the Colts have no regard or or respect that they're just going to play man-to-man against you and say, you know what, deal right. with it. Absolutely, right across and the board. You, yep. And you can't deal with it. That, to me, is it's a reminiscent of a story that when I got on the team bus, we played Cincinnati in Cincinnati in 1993 and I got on the team bus and I sat next to Nick Saban and Nick's making himself a sandwich and he's sitting there what's wrong dog and I said well you know I mean I just hate losing to this team it just drives me crazy he said when you figure out when you come to the realization that they're better than we are that's when we'll get better than them and it was the greatest advice I've ever gotten and for me if you're Ted or if you're Mike or Elliot or any of those guys in that building you got to come to the realization that you're not better than the Colts. When you lose to them at home, forget emotion, forget anything. Right. They're better than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you've got to deal with it. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I think around the team, a lot of the press this week has been maybe they're not a lot of the press, but there has been some rumblings of maybe they're just not that good. 
Um, right. Which I tend to think, you know, there's still talent there. Uh, I, I do tend to also think, though, that the general manager has kind of hamstrung the the coach in certain situations. Um, I'm talking to Michael Lombardi. Uh, new podcast every Tuesday. Make sure you check it out. Called Make Me Smarter. Uh, Mike, you're an absolute legend for joining me. Before I let you go, uh, what is your prediction looking forward? We know how up and down this Packers team has been this year. When, when you look at the schedule, when you look at uh, you know the fact that they're four and four, but nowhere near out of it in the divisional race, do you think this is something they can kind of turn the ship around, or do you see them kind of middling through the rest of the season? Well, they need to get a running back in there. Whether it's James Starks comes back, I don't know, but they need a running game, and they can run the football. I mean, I don't think this is where this isn't Minnesota's offensive line here now, right? Exactly. And they've got to get some production production out of a tight end. I think they have to kind of they have to quit meddling around with trying too many pieces. We're in November; weather's going to matter now, and it's going to be cold. It's going to be the field conditions, the ball, and it's going to have to come down to being able to get control of the line of scrimmage and run the football. And I think that's the area I, I think the north is not very good i think minnesota anytime that offensive line has to go on the road in fact even when they play at home now last <laughs> week they beat exactly. detroit if flair walsh just makes the extra point yep, absolutely everybody wants to give matthew stafford the mvp that blair walsh makes the extra point without even having that conversation so <laughs> right. i still think they can win the north aaron the problem is that they can't do it with what they have on their roster right now they're going to have to figure out a way to get a couple guys in there to help their team that's my point yeah, I would tend to agree. And you got to think they are waiting on guys like James Starks and, and Jared Cook to kind of reappear and reemerge. Uh, I would I would tend to agree with that assessment. So there you have it. Michael Lombardi with Fox Sports. Make sure you check out his new podcast every Tuesday. Um, and thanks for checking out this podcast every week. Um, I really can't believe that uh, you all take the time to tune in and download and et cetera, et cetera. It's a, it's a humbling experience, to say the least. Uh, thanks so much for checking it out. Uh, we'll have everything leading up to the game on Sunday at PackersNews.com, all the coverage you're ever going to need. Make sure you check it all out. Uh, and then after the game, we'll be all over it, as always. Thanks a lot, everyone. Talk to you next week.